So I'm so excited for you to be listening to this episode today because I am bringing on one of my near dear friends, also someone who has been helping me build out some systems over at both Workflow Queen and my own firm, Magnetic. And so I'm just so excited and so thrilled for her to be here today. Her name is Brooke Scott. And yes, I now officially have another Brooke in my life. And she's just so amazing. And I'm just so happy that she's going to be here and let me interview her to share some insight really about systems, processes, like rolling out those different pieces of tech, what that should look like and all that fun stuff. So in today's episode, we're really going to talk about why it's good to actually have an outside perspective from someone else that maybe might not be in the industry to understand your systems and processes and help you, you know, fill in the gaps and everything that you need. We're also going to talk a lot about what it's going to be like to be building out a more robust tech stack and why you should actually be looking for something that's not trying to be an all-in-one and instead look for something that might be filling different gaps and areas. So we're going to talk about some automations and some details. We're just going to go through so many amazing things. So if systems and tech automation are just not your jam, this is the right episode for you, especially if you're interested in working with someone who can help you roll out those things and help you implement them, then this is the right episode for you. So I think it's going to be so good. One of my favorite things that we kind of talked about is why it's so important not to just jump ship to new tech as everybody else in the industry is doing it. As of right now, we all know some pieces of tech that are out in the industry um, that are brand new that a lot of people are just jumping ship without really understanding and what you should be asking yourself before jumping ship just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it's actually going to be beneficial for you. So if that's what you've been feeling like lately with all this new tech being thrown at you, then this is the right episode for you and how to keep focused on your end goal and your mission. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Do you ever feel like if you had actionable systems in place that it can actually take your practice to the next level? Can you imagine the freedom you'd gain from finally getting everything out of your head and into a system that can help you move things on autopilot? Do you ever feel like you want to hire help for your practice, but you just don't know where to start? Trust me, I get it. And you're not alone, but it doesn't have to be this way. You're kick-ass at doing the bookkeeping and accounting work. There's no doubt about that but you struggle to maintain the systems and operations of your business. Am I right? But don't worry, that's where I come in, the workflow queen. I'm gonna guide you on how to implement tech, systems, and automation in your practice so you can scale bigger, hire better, and break through to the next level. I can't wait to support you here on the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accounts podcast with your host here, Alyssa Lang. I'm so excited because, as you all know, I already have one book in my life that I'm like, oddly obsessed with and all of you know her as Brooke Swan but I also have another Brooke in my life and yes they almost have the same last name it's Scott and she's so amazing so this is Brooke Scott I'm so happy she's been working with me here at Workflow Queen and also at my own firm Magnetic on a contractor basis she owns her own business where she actually helps people build out systems and processes and really just taking your tech stack and realigning things so I'm so excited Brooke to be interviewing you here on the podcast and to share you with my audience who's probably going to be so thrilled to know you so please feel free to take the time to introduce yourself. Yeah, well, first off, thank you for having me. I think it's been a long time coming because we've, you know, been working together, but I love, you know, being able to collaborate with you in any sort of way. But for those listening, my name is Brooke Scott. I help real estate entrepreneurs fix the friction behind the scenes in their business and be their bridge from idea to impact. So I really help with all things behind the scenes when it comes to systems, the operations, the flow, the funnels, anything that's integrated um, in the tech world. I like to be in the term of, you know, truly behind the scenes. 
I know you love the whole behind the scenes, which is nice because I love it too. Because you put the hood on, you can not wear makeup if you don't want to. You can just like, oh, you know me, <laughs> you you know me. I, no, I'm not even touching that. No, I'm like, yeah, getting my makeup done every single morning feels like it's very inefficient. So I'm like, no, usually I don't get ready, but today we both got ready. You guys can't see we us, did. but we both got ready today, which is such a huge step. For it, this is rare, honestly. Someone go, you know, buy a lottery ticket or something because today yeah. is the day. You know what? Speaking of lottery, which is so funny that you say that. So I'm currently, as a lot of my listeners, I've been sharing my journey of buying this new home and and being an escrow right now. Still, the other day, it was actually yesterday, I had to send over information over to the underwriters because they keep asking me more questions about the business. And last year, I bought all my business partners. So it's making things even more complicated. And so anyways, they keep asking for all this documentation. So they asked me for a year-to-date P&L for something. And in the income numbers was 777-777. And then I went to go like text the guy who like is part of the underwriting to give him like information and all my text messages do not judge me, but it says 444 texts on red messages. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just have a tendency to not open my messages. Like it's really bad, but like I kept seeing numbers that were repetitive yesterday. And if it wasn't a sign that like I was on the right path, but it was so random. I don't even know how I got into that conversation, but really okay. funny, fun fact. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So anyways, I would love to jam on all things systems. So first of all, we're going to start off with, well, one, I would love for people to kind of hear like how we met. I believe that how we met was through my bookkeeping firm. So at Magnetic, I had signed up for what was used to be called Ready, Set, Collab, but I believe it's no longer existing. But essentially it was like this program that you can join, not like, I don't want to call it a program. It's more like a collaborative space. Community type. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like this community where essentially you're working with other entrepreneurs to like collaborate together and maybe like a freebie or an interview, maybe you need some for your podcast. And I did it strategically to be able to put myself out there in front of other entrepreneurs who might have the audience that I served at my firm. And I think we both somehow like followed each other at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how it happened, but I think we just followed each other at that time. And then I saw that you were in Ready, Set, Collab. And I reached out to you, I think on Instagram. And I was like, girl, we're both in Ready, Set, Collab. We've yeah. been following each other for quite some time. And then I think we got on like a coffee chat call, right? Yeah. And then I think from there, we just decided, okay, we're going to work together. Instead of, I mean, we got to know each other. We literally jammed around all the things. But I think from that initial call, we were like, okay, I mean, this seems like a good fit. I mean, we weren't really coming on to kind of chat about those things, but here we are, you know? Yeah, here we are. Yeah. I remember getting on the call, but it's so funny because I've had people when I've told them that you have helped with a lot of different things at like my firm and at Workflow Queen, we did like different as anybody listening, Workflow Queen is wildly different of a business than Magnetic. And you probably know that too, also working with some of my other students as well. It's such a different ball game. And I remember like chatting with you and as much as like, I love systems, people are always like, why would you bring someone on to help you with the systems without what you, what you love? People, I love the processes. I love mapping them out. I love how to just no longer desire the implementation of them. Like, I don't want to sit there for hours, like putting it together, but boy, do I have the vision. And that's where like, when I was talking to you, because originally we were going to collaborate together and I was like, girl, I've got some work. Do you want to help me? And you're like, this is my zone of genius. And I'm like, so nice to see someone who actually spoke my saying language. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I'm with you on, I like to be the visionary as well and have those strategic inputs. But like, I think my like area where I really thrive is like just putting my head down and doing it. I love the implementation. I love being able to integrate different platforms. And a big part of it is I love to be able to take someone else's vision and 
bring that to life. That's my main mission, my main goal. So whenever you said that, it's like, okay, cool. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. It's going to be so much easier to communicate and be able to execute as well. Yeah, it was definitely a really good time. So then we started working together. I think at that time, it was kind of split between both companies, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. like at the very beginning. And then I was very transparent with you about how I really was shifting the company like at Magnetic and really focusing on like selling in several years. And with that means like all of the eggs needed to be in that basket because I'm very grateful that Workflow Queen kind of does run on its own. And it's been a long time coming. It's almost February will be four years. And I really don't have to be here at Workflow Queen other than as much as I want to be. But at my firm, as you know, like I'm just on a freaking mission right now. And so like my mission is like means I have to like implement a lot of different changes, a lot of of a better client experience, especially our onboarding and everything that we had working. And so I'd love to just chat through, and we could use my firm as an example, to be honest, it'll probably really benefit people who are listening here about how you were able to fit yourself into this industry specifically as an accounting industry, like I said, as you probably have picked up a lot with just working with me in general, like understanding different parts of this mm-hmm. world are so different than what you usually work with, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, to be honest, I mean, I don't have a specific niche of individuals. Mm-hmm. I think whenever I went through a transition, for those who don't know, which is probably everyone, I transitioned my business from being agency 23, which of course our LLC is still agency 23, but it's project growth mode because I was, I needed a little bit more clarity on who I was actually helping. Did I need to niche down? Like, what did that look like? So I had um, customer insights come in and do some interviews and it really showed that the fact that I wasn't niching down was so beneficial, but like the, I guess niche, I'm saying the word niche 55 times, whatever, it's fine. Um, (laughs) The group of people that I do serve is not a, you know, a specific industry, but it's a specific group of people who are growing. They're in growth state. They are in growth mode. So that's how we kind of transition to project growth mode. But all of that to say, I've worked with online coaches. I've worked with, you know, consultants. I've worked with bookkeepers and now financial consulting people, creatives all over the place. And I mean, whenever I started working with you, I hadn't worked as much with those in the financial space. So it was another like opportunity to be able to see, okay, how can these same initiatives and principles be applied in this type of scenario and how that can also help me in other industries when I'm helping others as well. So it was honestly just a win-win all around to be able to not only see something new, but to help educate and strengthen my foundation as well in my business. Hey, listener, just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode today to ask you, have you been trying to find a better solution to actually taking payments from your clients? Then boy, do I have a solution for you. One of my absolute favorite pieces of tech is Pluto. Pluto is such a game changer in your business. It really helps you to allow you to be able to take payments easily from your clients through ACH. They also take credit card as well, but they have so many different options. One of the big perks to using something like Pluto over something like QBO and all the other options that we have out there for invoicing is because because it is way more cost effective and it has saved me thousands of dollars on those fees that we get taken out for invoicing our clients. So we no longer use QuickBooks Online in order to invoice our own clients. We now have migrated over to Pluto. And if you want to learn more about Pluto and check it out, it is amazing. They make such a seamless process for our clients to be able to add the ACH information, to ask them to authorize us to be able to take the automatic payment every single month and saves us a ton of money in fees. You're just going to go to workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto. That's workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto to learn more.
Yeah. And I think a lot of the times I think people always get like very turned off by someone who might not like, let's just say, for example, worked in the industry. Right. Mm -hmm. But I always like to tell people that sometimes you need a fresh perspective of someone who doesn't understand what you do because oh, yeah. we're so close to home. Like this is our baby. Like we're so obsessed with, we know the accounting industry inside and out. Like everything has always been month and closed by the 15th of every month. And then there's someone like you who's got like a different perspective from all types of industries coming in and saying, well, why do you have it like that? Do we really need yeah. to have that sort of like, so it's like, it, it helps you to question us because we are too close to it. And all we do in this accounting industry is a lot of people are flocking to coaches or people in the industry. You probably see it yourself and what you do yeah. where we, they all flock to like people. And that's why I always tell people like, stop following other bookkeepers, like people that are listening. I know a lot of people get inspired by me and like my own firm. Like you're not doing yourself a favor because you're just watching what everybody else is doing when what mm. you should be doing for inspiration is watching other people in other industries because they're going to be able to market differently. And that's why people love watching what I do in my firm because I actually take concepts that course creators do because I learned to be a course creator on those different ways to market. And it's to my advantage because nobody else in the industry is doing what I'm doing in the marketing. And yep. so I always tell people, you kind of want that outside perspective. Yeah, that's exactly how I approach things. And I mean, if you're, you know, in the same kind of realm of doing this yourself, don't feel like you're going to be annoying. I mean, it might, it's definitely going to feel like you're being annoying with asking all the questions, but it's so much more beneficial to have that different perspective that we talked about, come in with a fresh set of eyes and to really be able to audit the process. I mean, that way you can identify blocks, gaps, anything else, and or just be able to learn something new. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And even like the tech too, because like, I'll just give you an example. A lot of people in my industry just do not have blogs. They don't have email newsletters. It's just not really a thing. Right. But like the only reason I'm very familiar with it is because of Workflow Queen. I got really forced into having to learn, learn email marketing, learn all these different things to be able to like, you know, bring my course to life. And I think the reason why I bring that up is because someone who does work with people in different industries, you could say, why don't you have something like Kartra set up? Or why don't you have, you know, Thrive mm -hmm. Cart? Like, why do we have to make it this complicated way when we can make it so much easier? But everyone else in my industry won't be familiar with those terms. And so I, I agree. I love when people come out with a fresh perspective. And if anything, if they don't understand the process, I do, do think that you need to understand like the core process of really any industry, especially mm -hmm. accounting is just so weird and special because we're dealing with like financial information. So it's very specific mm -hmm. on how we have to do things. And I think a lot of the times having someone pop in and take a step back and say, look, let's reanalyze this, but at the same time, have me understand it. And I think that that's what I loved about you is that you're receptive and mm -hmm. that you were listening versus you hire some random person. They're just going to say, we're going to do it my way or it's my way or the highway. And they're not going to be able to receive yeah. Let me understand this process. So I think we walked through, I think it was like a process map, I believe is what mm -hmm. we did for the sales process when I was trying to explain like how the accounting industry is set up when it comes to, you know, our cleanup fees are half off and how oh, is a beast yeah. on its own, Dubsado, when we set up the whole thing, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would also say, I mean, it's not also about like the platforms that you have. Don't also like just be implementing something that someone else has or someone else in your specific industry if they're using, I don't know, Dubsado or ClickUp or whatever. This is where I like to really get customized with the people that I work with because you want to make sure that whenever you're either in that process, you know, really outlining you know, like we were talking about the sales process or talking about implementing a new 
platform or migrating to something else or having a specific tech stack, everything should be customized to your business. So that way it's actually benefiting versus, you know, you're just paying an arm and a leg for all of these things. I mean, it's not, that's not the intention. You don't want to just have Thrivecart because everyone says you should have it. If it's not beneficial for the business, you shouldn't have it. So, I mean, that's, yeah. I agree with that. It's so funny that you're saying that because right now there's an up and coming software in our industry. It's called Anchor. And so Anchor is like a proposal system. And so it's something very new to everyone. And a lot of people I'm seeing are jumping ship because a lot of people in my industry, people don't use HoneyBook. Like that's just not a thing in the accounting industry. It's very, very rare. They're usually using something like Dubsado, Practice Ignition, or they're using Go Proposal, and now it's Anchor. And so I've seen a lot of people, because Anchors get cheaper than some of the other options when it comes to the processing fees, I've seen a lot of people jump ship and I see this all the time in like Facebook groups, our students, like I see this all the time where people are like, oh my God, there's hype. And then now everybody wants to jump ship, but it's like, you just made or, a really point. Yeah. Or the fact that it's just $10 cheaper or whatever it is. I mean, like, yeah. yes, 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 that's important. But at the same time, if it's not doing all the things you need it to do in your business, I mean, you're actually costing yourself more in the long run. Yeah. Even that, or like, for example, open API, like with Zapier, like if it's mm-hmm. not, if you, well, some people, my industry, like they're not very tech savvy with Zapier. Like I know that mm-hmm. for a lot of the people that me and you like course creators and content creators, like they're very familiar with automation like that. My industry really struggles with that piece. And I think that that's where my brain is like, I don't want to jump ship. So the reason mm-hmm. I bring up the anchor part is because you did make a really good point about how you see that people are like, oh, everybody else says it, or maybe this guru is telling me that this is what they use. So I have to use it or the whole industry is shifting this way. But what's going to happen is now you have a new piece of tech to learn. Even if the old tech was harder to learn, for example, Dubsado does have a learning curve and it's harder, but once you've got it down and you've got it documented, there should be no excuse of why it's even more complicated. And so for me, I'm not going to waste my team's time, my time, or even like For example, you being like, hey, Brooke, can you now go set up Anchor after we put in all this work to set up Dubsado and all these different things? I think your perspective is bringing them down to earth to say, screw what everybody else is saying and go with what your solution is needed. So if your solution is, for example, you are cutting costs and you cannot afford the fees in Dubsado, then that might be a better switch for you, right? So true. But if it's you're a growing business and that doesn't really matter, but really efficiency means the most to you. Anchor might not have all the zaps you want while Dubsado does. So it's like, what are you going to win and lose? And I think that that is something that you definitely touched on that I'm so happy that you said, because I see it all the time. Yeah. It's like, why do we keep switching people? Like, it's okay. If anybody's listening and you have switched to Anchor, I'm not saying anything bad. I have never used Anchor. I heard great things about it. One day we will have the owner on here. That's my plan. But I just, the message here and the really most important thing is don't just jump ship because everybody else is jumping ship. Like think through mm-hmm. what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, of course, you're the one investing in it. Definitely do what you want to do, but at least make the informed decision and take some more time to do that research to determine what is going to be the most beneficial platform for your CRM, your project management, like whatever else you have in your business. So that way your tech stack is not only lean, but it is, you know, helping you move the needle forward versus kind of keeping you in the same spot. So I think that's actually going to bring up a really good topic that we can kind of jam on is going the cost effective route versus Mm -hmm. the efficient route. Because I think a lot of times 
we've all been there. We've all be, been, you know, newbies. We're like, we're trying to like, just do one app that's going to do it all. The reality yeah. is the longer you're in business, you realize that shit does not exist. So mm -hmm. there's not one software that's going to do all the things as much as we'd like to. And if it was, it'd probably fail because that the reason why is because everything's spread too thin across mm -hmm. trying to make everything good in one software instead of being good at one thing. And yep. so I'd love to just get some tips or maybe insight that you have for people who are listening, who have just always been stuck in this, like, I just want everything to do everything, what the reality is like and why they shouldn't go the cost-effective route sometimes. I mean, sometimes that also might be more expensive. I mean, a, ma the majority of the time it, doing the all-in-one, like having a platform that has, you know, your email marketing, your course, your, you know, your payment processor, your landing pages, your website, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But one, that platform is probably already going to be more expensive than counting up all the other platforms that you would need in, like individually, but also platforms go down all the time. And if that platform goes down, you got your whole business out for however long that may be. Yeah. Not saying that that's a normal thing that happens. I mean, it happens, but it's just something to consider. And I mean, yes, it is cost-effective. Yes, it is, you know, nice to have everything in one place, but if you are really trying to, you know, optimize your leads for your funnel, if you are trying to have, you know, the ideal customer experience, you're not going to be able to get nitty gritty with, you know, specific tags. If you're in this specific platform that is an all-in-one, you're not going to be able to lead people down the appropriate way if you don't have a platform that is like, quote unquote, specific to that solution. So for example, active campaign or convert kit or something that is specific versus something that just has that feature, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like an email feature to it. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah. I just think a lot of people get stuck on like, I just want it to be, and don't get me wrong. We all want to be able to cut costs, especially right now. Oh, the So weird. And everyone wants to, and it does. Sometimes it's nice because a leaner tech stack makes it less complicated, especially when you start adding in things like automation or start bringing on a team and you don't have it documented. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason why like people like me and you can't wrap our head around that stress is one, because we're so far from it. So yeah. the, what I mean by that is a lot of people listening aren't used to documenting. They're not used to being systems oriented. They're very numbers driven, very introverted, like such a different way of doing things. Right. And so mm -hmm. a lot of the times they just, they haven't been proactive with documentation, but for us, it's an easy solution. It's like, I don't care if I have 75 pieces of tech because mm -hmm. I'm so well-documented. Everybody that, can get everything I need. And I probably have things automated to where it is doing less than this one platform would. So yeah, have to also think about that. Yeah, 100%. So it's just all about being proactive. And these are different ways that I think a lot of people think that documentation just means the task list, right? So like, let's document how to, I don't know, do month end close for a client when it's like mm -hmm. documentation, it can also mean how to make sure that automation is working in the back end. So by the time you do month end, those yeah. things are already set up for you. These things are ready to rock and roll. For example, inside of Dubsado, I recently like did something new in our zaps where when a status is changed inside of Notion in our sales, you know, my sales pipeline, right? Inside of yeah. our Notion. Uh, mm -hmm. for magnetic. So in the sales pipeline, when a proposal is ready to be prepared. So after I get on a call with someone, I already know after that call, if someone's ready to have a proposal, I'll trigger the status to say proposal to be prepared. When that new trigger happens, it now then sets up the Dubsado project for Ooh, the client. So smart. then now, and also what it does too, is it actually goes, we have a pricing calculator per person that we are going to do the proposal for. It also creates a folder for the prospect and also copies one of our Google Sheets, that's our pricing calculator that renames it to be the client. So then not only am I 
done with my sales call. I just trigger this off, but it, and it also creates a task to remind me to go do these things. Cause I will forget <laughs> I'm notorious for this. As you know, I'm like terrible at staying on top of my own task. I oh have gosh. them there people. I just don't like doing them, <laughs> but anyway, so it triggers all these things off. And I think that that's where a lot of people are just like, I don't want all these different pieces of tech. Well, like it actually is simpler. I now have to go less places mm -hmm. if you think about it, but then there's more tech. Yeah. But I mean, if you have the appropriate documentation, the appropriate SOP documentation where, like you said, it's not just the one, two, three steps. It's every single platform that is included in this SOP should also be documented and like how you can actually edit that. When something does happen, you can easily go and find an audit where something is, you know, tripping up or you can quick it, you can fix it quicker than if you didn't have any sort of documentation to begin with. Yeah. 100%. Just this is why I love you because we can just jam on systems and we just appreciate it so much more than a lot of people. I feel like I think that for, I guess one thing I probably have to ask you that maybe coming from someone who is overwhelmed by systems is overwhelmed by even this conversation. What are some tips that you have for somebody to get more familiar with starting the one step at a time of like documentation, then automation, like what would be your tips? Mm -hmm. I would really just say, get in aligned with what your intention is going to be for the business to begin with, of course, and outline, this kind of goes back into more strategic planning for your business, but you need to have your overall goal for the business, like in general, your mission, your purpose, et cetera, your goal for the year, and then breaking that down, reverse engineering to breaking that down by quarter. Okay. Now we have these initiatives for the quarter. What does that mean for the business? What platforms do I need to be able to execute said initiatives and achieve them? And that's kind of like where you can start detailing out, okay, well, if I want a automated onboarding system mm -hmm. by the end of Q1 2024, then I need to start looking into if I don't have already a CRM platform, seeing all of the native integration capabilities that they have. If there isn't a specific quality that the one that I choose has, then I absolutely need to have some sort of third-party platform like Zapier to help bridge the gap with those integrations that aren't initially native. And then from there on, you can start putting together your, ta your tech stack that is going to help you because from then on, it's like, okay, well, I also want to build a client roster. I want to make sure that they have access to XYZ. Okay. Well, if you're using Google Drive now, I need to incorporate Google Drive into the onboarding process. If you want to kind of look at a client roster, where do you want that to be seen? Are you going to be using a project management platform that's going to be more intuitive or more straightforward? Is it going to be more beneficial to use Notion or ClickUp or what? what is going to work for you? But it all stems from breaking things down in reverse engineering from the initial goal, the main mission, why you have your business, all the things, breaking it down from the year, breaking it down to the quarter, and then breaking it down to the actual, okay, what do I do about it? Yeah. And that's how you can actually target, okay, these are the systems I need. These are the processes I want to focus on. And this is how I can achieve said goal. Yeah. I think a lot of times, I think people get really overwhelmed by like identifying bottlenecks because like you said, a lot of things go back down to like your mission, your values in the company. Like something that we teach inside a breakthrough is to really get to that core thing. Cause a lot of people, we just start our business. We start as a side hustle. All of a sudden mm -hmm. we grow boss way too hard and we've got this like big business and all the people working for us. And mm -hmm. it's really overwhelming. And sometimes they never stop to take a step back and ask, why am I even doing this? Or what's the mission? The reason why, if you want to take a step back and look at the mission and the values is because it overarching change the way that you run your business. I think right before we hit record, I was admitting to Brooke about how we are changing my whole firm, the way that we are attracting certain people, 
because recently, very similar. It's so funny that we and you both kind of went through this at the same time, just got yeah. very clear on like even further of who I want to support and what that mission looks like. And I'm not revealing it yet to everybody, but <laughs> once it gets there, it will go out and it, everybody will know. But essentially the reason why I say that is because of the shift that's going to be happening, because we're going to be dealing with a different caliber of people. It's going to stem back to the why I'm doing what I'm doing, which I shared to you the exact verbiage of the mission <laughs> down to you know, if these high caliber people were going to be attracting, there needs to be a way different system than you would if you're attracting a newbie business owner that's going to do, get like books done and, and consulting by us, right? Mm -hmm. And so going back to that, it's going to help it make it easier for me to say, okay, we're going to need to focus on client experience, not onboarding. It's all, client experience can bleed into onboarding, but I mean like overall like nurturing of them because I want to attract their friends who are also very high caliber. And so you're so right that if you can get really clear on what you want, it helps you to identify those big bottlenecks and what needs to change in order to serve that mission. Yeah. I feel like if you're not at least stemming from that, then you're just throwing things into the mix and things can get really messy. You're going to be ending up focusing on things that, you know, don't need to be focused on right now. Maybe it's the wrong time or maybe just don't need to be in there altogether. Don't add more fuel to the fire if it, you know, isn't needed. So, I mean, if you don't know, clearly what you, what you don't know about stepping into this and trying to figure out what's going to be best for you, I would really suggest at least doing some sort of quarterly audit for your business, for your tech stack to really make sure you're always staying fine-tuned, make sure you're always staying lean, make sure everything from your processes to the platforms you use to the people you have on your team are benefiting the team. I mean, you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to just keep people around to keep people around. I mean, I would yeah. just say, you, of course, still have like a great relationship, but at the end of the day, you really need to be in aligned with your mission, your vision, your purpose, your values, all of the things, because at the beginning, like that's, that's how, you, that's who you set up to help. That's what you set up to achieve. So we need to make sure that the day-to-day -day is also achieving that goal. Yeah, 100%. It's so funny that you say audit because I feel like we keep bringing up things that we like have our breakthrough students do, which is so funny mm -hmm. because you're so right. Like you can't sometimes get help. I'll just use a great example. If you don't even know what you're doing, you're not going to be able to hire people like you to be able to do the things because they're just going to run around in circles, not knowing what they want. Because I know from my own experience, I can run around in circles real quick all the time. And mm -hmm. I need someone to like reel me back in because if not, I will just keep going and going and going like I'm doing right now. But the reason I say <laughs> that is well, that's one of the biggest things that we do is we start with the vision of the company inside a breakthrough. And as much as everyone's like, oh, it's so cheesy and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's mm -hmm. not cheesy because you don't, you need Important. to know what you're doing. My vision for even Workflow Queen has changed so much since I started the company in 2020. Like, it's just so crazy to me. But another part of breakthrough, the very beginning, even before they get into the first module, it's like a, a breakthrough business audit. And they go through and it's the different areas of the company to help one, identify their bottlenecks and two, say what they're doing. It's a SWOT analysis. So what their strengths or weaknesses, yeah. opportunities and threats are. And so essentially they go through and this allows them to see these things because like you said, one thing that really jumped out at me is a lot of newbies at the very beginning will think that their website is the most important thing in the mm -hmm. business. And I can tell you from experience, a lot of the times that we put that as priority is because we're too scared to face what we actually need to be doing that we just go to, it's not easy, but it's the easiest thing to take the, the weight off my shoulders where the hard things you need to be doing is getting out there. Just putting your website out there and creating it does not put you in front of anybody. It's yep. doing the hard work. It's actually reaching out, sending letters and never stopping till you land your first client. Yep. And like you said, people get so distracted because they don't know where they're going that they focus on the wrong things. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 
it's so sad. I just, it makes, it breaks my heart when people do it. Cause I do the same thing. I'm like very, get distracted, very, very, very easy, but I'm trying to be more intentional in 2024 of like being so disciplined with how mm-hmm. I determine what I want to do, because I can get really distracted. As you know, you definitely have seen me get distracted real quick. Hey, I feel like we all can, especially as those who are more of like the CEO of their company. So one thing that I do want to say about that is if you are the CEO, if you are the creative leader and you don't think that like, you know what you want, but you don't have the capacity to think about all the miscellaneous steps. And that's what's really holding you back from creating a system or process. You don't need to know that. Like that's, that's the part where you have your integrator, your implementer, someone in the operations, you know, space of it come in and help do that if you at least know like whenever I come in to work with someone if I at least know what they want to accomplish and where they're going in the future I can connect the stuff you don't have to know the nitty-gritty of course that's where we come in and with the documentation and put that way you can audit and find the places that need to be troubleshot and if something breaks etc but as the creative or as the CEO as the you know leader of the business you don't need to be overwhelmed and let the entire process hold you back from even getting started because if you at least know what you want to happen and the why of what you want to happen that's incredibly important and you know the goal of where you're going that's all you need to know to to get started with implementing these processes and having someone in that perspective come in and help you with that yeah so I'd actually like to turn it on to like asking you what it is that you do. I know this answer, so you don't have to explain it to me, but this is more for the other people listening. But the reason why I want to bring this up is because you kind of said something that a lot of people in my industry struggle with, which is like, they think they need to know how to set up all the things. Mm -hmm. I do agree that there needs to be documentation done by you or whoever that ops person is, because the last thing they want is like, let's just say that you drop your business or they don't want to work with you or someone Mm -hmm. else that needs to be in place. Cause if not, you're always going to rely on someone. And this is why in all of my programs, I typically do not give everyone my full-blown everything. Mm-hmm. And that's because mm-hmm. you would never know how to use it. You need to understand how to build it or have someone else build it for you. So I'd love to learn or have other people here. How is it that you approach working with other people? Do you take like a handful of clients that you work directly in their business? What does mm-hmm. that relationship look like from your standpoint? Yeah, so that's what I do. I mean, whether I'm working on a project or a one-to-one, they're all treated the exact same way, really approaching them with, okay, what's the goal? What's the vision? Where are we trying to go with this? I'm here to help you grow. So I want to be able to understand what's your why, where are we going with this? So that way I can help eliminate the friction and really start the auditing process, basically, to go into these pieces, whether if it is a project, it's more specific, or if it's more one-to-one, step into the operations as a whole to do the auditing process to find where we can kind of lean up, clean up, implement new, really just striving for efficiency, regardless of what we're doing. Probably the majority of the time, we're probably looking to implement a new process. So then that goes back into creating new SOPs and whatnot. But the main thing is getting started regardless of who I'm working with and what capacity I'm working with. My goal is to help them grow in some capacity. So whenever you were saying, if we stop working together after a project, I don't want to just set this up because I don't want to set it up and not give you like a Loom video of how to do it or um, documentation of how to do it. And then if I don't give you that and just leave you with it, now you have something that you're paying for that you don't use. It might be broken because I connected things to work, but at some point you're going to have to troubleshoot and you don't know where to fix it. And then you also hired someone else to help do this and now you're not using it. So you're out money-wise in like four or five different categories. So it's very important that whenever you're working with someone in this perspective to make sure the documentation there, the education is there as well. 
one of the big things that I've run into a lot is working with people specifically in ClickUp where they've had people come in and help them, but they didn't educate them on the platform itself and the hierarchy and mm -hmm. working on like how that platform itself operates. So I make sure to try to give that education as well versus just, okay, this is where you click. This is the steps you take. We want to know, okay, why does ClickUp work this way? Why does the hierarchy work this way? Why like all of that. So that way when you are moving in to the platform and trying to do things yourself, you have more of a, oh, okay, that makes sense to why this process is there. And of course it would be communicated to you, but still having that understanding under your belt as well. Yeah, I agree. It's so funny because a lot of people ask me all the time, Alyssa, can I just buy your templates that you sell for Asana? And I'm like, absolutely not. Because the way that we set up Asana. <laughs> it would be very overwhelming. That's, well, that's the thing I hate. Like yeah. people just buying the templates without, yes, you can have like a tutorial on how to use it, but like you need to have the tutorial of the education behind the yep. platform as well. Like the system and not only that, but like, because my templates are specific to the industry, it's like, it's, mm -hmm. they really have to understand the way that I've even worked Asana to be mm -hmm. a good for our industry because we don't have projects at close. They constantly will rotate every single month. And so I have it all the time. People with like, even the notion that setup that we have, that we give to our breakthrough students, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are like, listen, just give me the notion. I'm like, well, one, I'm not just going to give you the template. You need to understand how I set it up. And yeah. then not only that, even if I just gave them the videos similar to I do like and kick off with Asana. Mm -hmm. They still need to know because the way that we built the notion setup is based off of how to run an effective team meeting, which is not something that can be taught in mm -hmm. a notion template. That is where we come into the picture and we say like, your team meeting should be X. They should be structured like this. What happens when someone doesn't attend the meeting? Or what if they do? Where do I put the tag? It's like all these yep. things. And I think a lot of people think just give me the end result. And that's why, have you ever like, I'm pretty sure if you're like me, if you ever like <laughs> downloaded like a freebie or a spreadsheet or something that you find online that someone's like, oh, here's like the spreadsheet. There might be a little video overview. It'll be like how to manage your budget, you know, mm -hmm. and then you go watch it. It doesn't make sense because they're, they need to teach every part of it for you mm -hmm. to ha have it click. Yep. And they, they don't teach it. the process. They, they give mm -hmm. you this tool that yes, could be beneficial, but it's like the gap is still there. And I'm like, Okay. There's like right. no point. Yeah. Cause the yeah. gap is really the way that the gap is filled is through mm -hmm. the education around like the importance of having the budget and what that should look like and where your numbers should start before trying to put mm -hmm. it into a budget and what to do after the numbers are this and how to move the money. And yep. I think that that's where a lot of people like just pop into things or hire people just hoping to get, I want someone to set up this. It's like, you need someone to not only do the thing, but also someone to teach you the core mm -hmm. concepts. And I think that this is where me and you work really well together with like what we do for our for breakthrough because mm -hmm. we teach the foundational of everything like in the business of like making sure that you know how to operate. And then we have people all the time who bring in their own team members or hire someone like you. I know you've worked with some of our breakthrough students come yeah. in where you help them implement the thing that we're teaching so that they don't have to do the implementation. Cause like you said, it's not their zone of genius. Just like yeah. you probably don't want to do your own book. So like you're going to outsource the oh, work. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's like, what's the point, right? So it's like the same exact thing. So I always tell people in breakthrough, like you're going to get like the core understanding of everything that you do, but we can connect you with who's going to be the implementer or help you hire the person who's going to be the implementer on the team to execute these things. Because all you need is someone to do the work while you step back and tell them, this is where I want the ship to go towards. I want to, you know, avoid this, this, and this. And then people like you are coming in and just like making it happen and getting them there. 
Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I love this. I love all the conversations. I love all the tech, all the things. I'm sure we can go on forever and ever, but I know you kind of touched on for a quick second there of what you do, but I'd love for people to know and understand how to connect with you, how to work with you, um, how to be in your world and everything in between and get some support with maybe system setups or just yeah. things in general. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm mainly just on Instagram, but I do have all of the other social accounts. Yeah. If you do try to find me, I should be project growth mode on just about everything, just straightforward, no caps, no, you know, period, anything, um, just pr at project growth mode for Facebook and Instagram, for sure. I know that we also have uh, Pinterest, everything should be um, in the show notes, but um, website projectgrowthmode.com. We are doing some more of a revamp since we just um, did more of a, an upskill, you know, deep dive into our marketing and all of the things. So you'll be seeing some things changing here and there, but we do have um, our services up. So you can dive into what we do as far as implementation, integration projects, migration projects, working one-to-one, -one, intensives, audits, all the things that you can think of um, and how we could work together. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, yeah. I appreciate you, Brooke. Thank you so much for being here today. Also yeah. a little random thing. I did have met Brooke in real life. We got the chance oh, to yeah. meet each other. I forgot about that until like right now. We got to meet each other in Dallas when I sponsored mm -hmm. Make Your Mark Live uh, for my firm. And then Brooke Swan flew out with me to represent the company. You got to meet, well, I had both. It's so hard to say. Both my <laughs> Brooks with me. I was going to say both yes. my Brooks. Like both my it's Brooks fine. were with me, which was really, really nice. And we got to hang out with someone that you actually do work for, who's a CPA, who's taken my programs, which is so weird. It was like not it's even an accounting world. an event. It was so weird. It was like all very interconnected. And yep. it's funny because she sent like clients my way, which she's just awesome. So thank you so much for being here on the podcast. And I'm sure that everyone listening got some great tips and notes about just getting back on track, but any last words of wisdom that you want to end off with before we end this episode? I would just say, you know, when it comes to your systems, your processes, main goal, Make sure you're being intentional. Make sure it's connected to your mission, your vision, your values. It's not just something that is cut and paste. It's not just something that you're implementing just for why not um, or that someone else has it. Yeah, it, make sure that you're reverse engineering from your goal because, I mean, at, then at the end of the day, everything's going to feel so much more worth it too. Everything's going to feel so much more in alignment. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of our Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang, the founder and owner of Workflow Queen. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with a fellow bookkeeper or an accountant on social media, and also tag me on Instagram at Workflow Queen. The more that we work together to get this out in front of other people, the better I can help to serve this industry to create more solid systems and processes. Now go take what you learned from today's episode and apply it into your practice so you can finally give yourself the brain space and freedom that you deserve. I can't wait to see you unfold throughout your journey. And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. See you next time.